What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Watch With Sound. My name is Josh Landicho, and with me is... Carmela Ocampo. And on today's episode, we'll be doing the new film Infinity Pool, directed by Brandon Cronenberg, starring Alexander Skarsgård, Mia Goth, and Cleopatra Coleman. Now, before we get into the actual film, Carmela, do you want to give your expectations, context, your preconceived notions on the film Infinity Pool? I, I was pretty excited for this movie. I thought... You know, the cast was pretty cool. Mia Goth, Alexander Skarsgård. And then, you know, what do you know? Directed by Cronenberg's son, Brandon. 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 So, <laughs> Brandon. Yeah, I, I'd only seen, I think we'd only seen Possessor from him. I didn't even know he had, like, another movie yet, Or, like, another movie. His first movie called Antiviral, which I kind of want to see now. Anyways, Possessor was really cool. Very very interesting and yeah i was just excited because this looked like double the budget not double the budget but like it looked like it was a little like more serious i guess than possessor in terms of like budget and the cast and like the premise so yeah i it looked really like promising and i was pretty excited for it from the trailer too but yeah how did you feel i too was very excited but also it was kind of like very very careful because i know when like i feel like when directors get that good movie which is possessor the follow-up is usually like not as good or just not good at all so i was like very excited because i loved possessor it's like one of my favorite movies that came out that year and i was just like oh yeah it's uh, brandon Cronenberg, mia goth alexander scars like like the list was like too good to be true you know like you like uh, oh yeah, mia yeah. goth's gonna be in it oh it's a brandon <laughs> Cronenberg. you know it's like kind of like okay maybe i should like step back and don't get too excited which i kind of did I, like i kind of like limited my excitement just in case like it was bad or whatever it may be um but overall i was pretty excited the the trailer was very very confusing like i didn't know what was going to happen other than the fact that you get a double but the storyline or whatever may have you i never knew anything else so i was like oh that looks very interesting i wonder what's gonna be about because I, I don't i don't get anything from that i just saw i just know mia goth screams james really loud really funny voice and that was about it but with that before we get into the film i want to give a little spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie infinity pool stop the episode right here go and watch it and come back and listen to us if you want to spoil it for yourself for any reason go right ahead but with that, Carmela, do you want to give a little plot summary of the film Infinity Pool? James and M. Foster are enjoying an all-inclusive beach vacation in the fictional island of La Tolka when a fatal accident exposes the resort's perverse subculture of hedonistic tourism, reckless violence, and surreal horrors. Whoa! Not surreal horrors! <laughs> Carmela, what do you think of the film Infinity Pool after you got out of the theater? After I got out of the theater, I think I really liked it. <laughs> I I don't know. I you was think, like, you think you really? Liked I think, it? <laughs> I think I, I think liked I really it. liked it because I I remember we all had were like kind of careful about like or thinking carefully about like how we felt about it. And we're like, and then you were like, I need to sit with it. I need I need to sit with it. And then Sophia was like, I think talking through through it out loud. And then I was like internally like processing it i think shay was also processing it but yeah ultimately like even after like sitting with it for a few days like i i actually grew to like it more and more and 
a lot of it has to do with what we discussed um, that night, um, which we'll get into later. But yeah, I think in initial reactions, I I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. It was like over the top in the best ways. It wasn't like obnoxiously over the top either. It was very much like, I don't know, it, it felt like very like dark and like moody but not like an an annoying like obnoxious like condescending type of way it was very like I I could tell like there was something like deeper happening like with I guess like Cronenberg himself in terms of like how he was like expressing like this journey through um Alexander Skarsgård I could tell there was like some deeper emotions in there layered in um but yeah like I think the ending too kind of like I feel like people could see it falling flat after like how it ends but I think it ended kind of perfectly to be honest um I was like pretty happy with it so how did you feel initially after seeing it initially I was very conflicted I was very confused too at the same time Mm -hmm. um because like I think my impulse after the movie ended and the way I've been like kind of watching movies and taking movies in is like very quickly so when I first like finished it i was like oh i kind of didn't like it i don't know i kind of feel like this kind of feel like that but then when i started sitting on it and actually thinking it through thinking about like it not being a one-layer film it's very deep in other parts of the film other parts and symbolism themes and all that nature and all that stuff so like after i'm like okay like let's stop for a second let's think about like the other stuff other than just how you felt just right away i feel like if i were to just like go straight off of my instinct i didn't i feel like i would change it immediately and that's kind of what happened like as we started like walking to the parking lot and just sort of like more marinating and talking about it like i kind of came to the conclusion that i did kind of like it i did kind of like the direction it was going in my head though i was kind of right about the second movie like it, it was good and i did like it but it's not as good as possessor it wasn't like a, a standalone follow-up it wasn't anything that was like super super crazy unique in the way that like oh yeah that was really good well, I'm just gonna think of Possessor every, every time I think of Brandon Cronenberg but still like in my opinion it's still a really fantastic and fun movie I saw a lot of fun with it but yeah like after the theater I'm just like I don't know I kind of like because we, we always thought like oh what's your score what, what do you feel about it we always like go really quick with that that's mo- mainly my fault but that's it's just funner <laughs> that way uh, but yeah. at the time I'm just like oh I hope they don't ask me because I don't know yet I'm gonna, I'm gonna just like try and like calm uh, cool with it for a little bit but yeah like it was definitely uh, a thinker i think like, it's definitely something that like you could take away really quickly how you felt but you also really need to like think it through and, and let it come to you in a sense because that's essentially what happened with me and then what we talked about um it kind of came to me and kind of like let me feel a different way as i like started taking everything piece by piece i, I think in my opinion this movie was more tame than possessor i think it pulled a lot of punches as regards to like the body horror the freakiness well, the freakiness is still kind of there, but like the body horror and just the over the topness. I think Possessor was just in my head from what I remember, it was like so over the top and so crazy. And then this one kind of like was tamer than that. Obviously, I think it had to be. But yeah, in your opinion, do you think this movie lived up to the body horror hype that we get from not only Brandon, from but from David, the Cronenberg family? Did it live up to the hype of the body horror freakiness for you? body horror freakiness yeah i think i don't think it lived up to the hype of like those expectations to be honest i think possessor for sure lived up to that 
which probably is why you liked it better and like possessor was i think more of a horror than this movie i don't even know what to call this movie it wasn't like i can't truly call it a horror but whatever it's subjective anyway yeah i don't know and i don't know do you think it bothers brandon our pal brandon do you think it bothers him that there's like this expectation like for his movies or films to be like compared to his dad's like you know, like genre like body horror like do you think he yearns to kind of break away from that because i can kind of see yeah like i, guess, I maybe see that but our pal yeah, brandon, like with this film yeah i think yeah <laughs> especially with this film too I, our pal brandon i think he probably has an inclination of like what people say obviously his dad's fucking david cronenberg what people just to say stay silent about that um but also at the same time i think he sort of put himself in that field with possessor like that's something that like could match up to what david cronenberg has been doing and, and the body horniness of that film in and possessor could match up to something in david's catalog so i think he kind of was already in that field and kind of already had that feeling of being in his dad's footsteps and being in his dad's shadow and and it's funny because well his dad and brandon cronenberg is a a very crucial part in how we interpreted the film and interpreted what um, the movie meant to us. But as regards to that, I think he he does 100% feel it, but I think he also recognizes the talent that he has having a dad like David and having that experience with David and just living through it. I'm assuming he lived through it. like Not lived through it, but like when each movie came out, <laughs> oh, he obviously was like experiencing people's reactions people's how they how they perceived it and also he probably has watched his dad's films so i think he recognizes the idea of what his dad has made but also he's trying to be himself and still be a cronenberg you know like he's still he's still he's gonna be himself but also still have that cronenberg flavor of like oh body horror freakiness weirdness things i don't understand because essentially this movie and possessor had those elements of like what just happened i'm so confused or like thinking about it and marinating it and thinking of the movie and putting it the pieces together is what i get from both a brandon cronenberg film and a david cronenberg film so i I see the resemblance of course but i think also brandon is also painting himself in a different light i know like i know both of the directors are kind of similar in in some cases but i could i could tell now that like what's brandon what's david and what is brandon trying to do with his films apart from like what david is trying to do i feel like david's is a lot more complex he's older obviously he's older i think he has a lot more <laughs> complex in his storytelling specifically storytelling like things with crimes of the future and and like the fly and stuff like that not even the fly but with crimes of the future video drum and, and all those kind of movies they always have like more levels in its actual storyline if that makes sense like it kind of like it tells a story but it also has different layers of like oh it's about politics it's about like taking care of our pollution i.e crimes of the future or, or a solution for our pollution bars um and stuff like that and then brandon kind of has like a more cohesive storyline where like possessor you follow this person you understand what's happening and you understand what the solution may be or may not be for this film in particular he's telling a story and we pick up things as we go through the story i think david is more like you get there's like three different levels that you kind of have to like understand in order to get like the overall film. Brandon, like you kind of like at this point in his filmmaking, maybe he'll get like his dad and do different levels. But I think right now as you go on with the film and as you like pick up certain things for the film that you kind of like piece it together as you go on. And then you kind of just marinate in it like we did. And then brand or 
David, sorry, David is like more or less like you have to get the film like in the different layers and kind of understand it from there. If that makes sense. I don't know if I'm being really, really crazy or reaching, but that's kind of how <laughs> I feel about it. Like, I feel like David's just more complex than his son currently. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Interesting. Yeah, no, I think I think that's definitely a fair, um, you know, conclusion with the both of them and like what what Brandon's put out so far. Yeah, I I feel like what you're trying to say is like, do you think Brandon's like concepts in terms of like his stories is like more straightforward than like his dad's and like his dad's are like kind of saying a little more than like what the con like what the premise is, I guess yeah like i'm not saying he's like just i'm not saying brandon is straight straightforward like obviously with this film it was something that like you kind of had to like pick up in in different areas um apart from like crimes of the future where it's a a film about a lot of different things and a lot of different issues and a lot of different characters at at that time too so i think yeah like to put it in a simpler terms i do think brandon's more straightforward than his dad Whew, I should have just said that from the beginning. Could have saved a lot. <laughs> I don't know why I said all of that. It's okay. It's okay. That was a that was a big question. Sorry. I feel like to me, David Cronenberg's like from what I've seen, I haven't seen much of his like filmography, but from what I've seen is that like his the themes in his stories more so concern like humanity and society as a whole. And then with Brandon it's very much internally focused with the self and like identity and that's what i feel like this film like very very like focused on like literally and then same with possessor like it was very much about identity as well but it was more so like about losing it but this one is like sort of like destroying it finding it i think this film definitely like for him was like an evolution of i think the similar themes that were explored in possessor but like in this film i think they were like a little more I, to me they were a little more interesting and it was like recontextualized into like art like and like what does it mean to be like a creator and like destroying yourself in order to do like you know to do art so yeah i think i think it's a good step for him in the right direction so i feel like so i'm really excited to see what he does next those are really good points i think that's yeah that's a really good comparison because especially what we're going to talk about and get into i think david's or sorry jesus <laughs> two cronenberg is so confusing <laughs> i know so i think with brandon like he kind of like nailed down the head there where it's more or less about himself and his identity and david is more about like a whole population as society as a whole with crimes of the future and then like the fly and video drone and all that it always has like commentary about something else it's always about commentary about like um other people and people as a whole but yeah so with that let's get into the film let's get into what i like to what i like to call the rituals which <laughs> is i think a big theme and a big symbol in the film is just being rich and the scary power of money when you're in this kind <laughs> of like this foreign land and this foreign area and resort where like you really could do anything if you had enough money which we experienced here um in this film how did you feel about that is it kind of like too i think it was too on the nose obviously but it also is like an even deeper and scarier look at that idea of just doing whatever you want because you're rich yeah i think it was like on the nose but like very appropriately like 
because it was kind of depicting reality to be honest there was like nothing like you couldn't get more real than it but i like that it was like set in this like fictional town and like it's you know these like white people white rich people basically who are like you know enjoying it and then it's like the actual like inhabitants of like the city that are like under lockdown of their like their own government and they can't do like everything like the locals can't even do like all what all these like tourists can do and which is like probably the the reality in like so many countries yeah i think setting the stage in this setting like i don't know it just made it so much more i i guess it made the like hedonistic and the like violence and all of those like messed up things that they did it like made it more messed up like it just like dialed it up to like a 10 because it's just set in this set in like reality i guess but it was just like wrong for so many reasons so many more reasons yeah i think it like turned it up to the extreme where like it's this island that you don't really see the people of their strict really strict guidelines of how they live and and in many cases they die for what they do and what wrongs they do and then yeah you have the rich white people kind of going into these this island and doing whatever they want and just if it also affects to the people of the island like killing obviously people going into different places where you're not allowed to and doing whatever they want because of um their wealth and yeah i definitely think it's like it turns up to the extreme where like you just see these actions happen and you have like a i had like a weird moment where my blood was boiling in a calm way where i'm just like yeah <laughs> like i could see that happening <laughs> soon i could see that happening in the future and i could see yeah. um, more different areas that could possibly be the case and the only difference is with real life at the moment at least we know is that you can't be cloned and you can't have someone else take the fall for you with the wealth that you have or, or a clone of yourself to take that from you which goes into i mean i don't know i this, <laughs> what are this your might be about dark clones? but i'm like well i feel like people could pay other people to like go to jail for them i don't know this is like a weird theory but i'm like i don't know man i don't know could be a thing could be a thing with the rich people i don't know what goes down like in the upper echelon of society like <laughs> This could you're be not totally rich enough possible. yet to find not, out not, <laughs> you're not wealthy enough not, to find out yet yet, yet. <laughs> not yet i gotta Can't make do me that a goth yet. on the beach i understand when i get there <laughs> um yeah you might be right honestly like i think i don't even know if it's here but in, in different areas i'm sure there's people that could pay off someone to go to jail for them or to take something from them obviously a lot of the times we see more or less the innocent people or the lower class people taking the blame for a lot of things that they didn't do um a lot of them are in jail right now people who are innocent are in jail right now and that's even apart from just rich people paying people off it's just wrongly accused and all that that's a whole different episode um, but yeah so i could see that I, I i know what you mean like you there is a, a inkling of that that could be a thing where people could pay off different people to take the fall for them or even to go to jail for them and serve that time for them and i think that's sort of the whole thing with like a whole different this whole different episode but <laughs> yeah I, I guess it, for this for the film and for the film we're talking about right now carmella as it regards to clones do you think it was the real james or a clone and not only that does it really matter if he is a clone or not 
What are your thoughts about clone clone colonialism? (laughs) 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 We're keeping that. We're keeping that fire (laughs) chain. so good that was your best joke <laughs> thank ever. you thank, my best joke ever okay you did hear first <laughs> i'm never funny any other times i know you peaked right now i know yeah that's my um, career right there um okay i i don't know like i i feel like it doesn't it it doesn't matter i feel like you agree too i feel like at some point it was the real james and then it wasn't and then it was his clone, and then it, like, you know, yeah, what do I think of a clone? Sorry, the joke's still throwing me off. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> wait. It threw you off, it's good. <laughs> okay, so, like, the concept of, like, the cloning and, like, the doubles is, like, I don't know. It's just, like, so interesting to me, because, like, like, the concept of a doppelganger or a double, like, is trace traces back to, like, german folklore right it's like and it, i think it's found in like a lot of like different like culture folk tales i can't name any other ones besides germany but i think the fact that it's kind of this like symbol of like evil like there's like the id and then like the ego it's like your shadow self kind of thing and like having a doppelganger having like a double means like a representation of like Norm, like typically it's like an evil version of yourself um so that off the bat to me was like just like interesting and i think with this movie what they did with that was basically like they use like the clones to basically as like a device and a, an excuse to like do like insane like evil violent things and like just like not give a shit about anyone or themselves because they would be basically forgiven for like everything because they could just make a copy of themselves again i don't know and in this case like it didn't necessarily represent like evil i feel like it represented like i want i want to say like freedom honestly or like i don't know it was like the look that alexander skarsgård had on his face after he like watched himself like die he looked like he was like turned on i was like yo is he like excited about this but i feel like I I would not be turned on, but, like, I feel like it would definitely change someone, you know? It would, like, definitely change you if you, like, witness that happening. And I like um, Brandon Cronenberg's take on that, which is, like, oh, like, if he, if this dude saw, like, himself die, like, he would be, like, just, like, all his inhibitions would be basically be broken. Like, he would do, like, everything and anything. Yeah, I don't know. I I thought that was, like, a really fun like journey for this movie to go on and like a really cool cool concept but yeah what do you what do you think about like the idea of like doubles and like kind of what Cronenberg did with it yeah it's it's interesting because I think when it comes to clones and, and twins for that matter they always like most movies and stories play on the fact that like who's the real person is this person a clone or a real person is this person uh what do they call them Blade Runner the clone person what do they call the robot people? Replicants. It's like, oh, is he a replicant? Is he a real person? <laughs> I feel like that's the main, like that's the the main use of it. And and here, like it, that part almost doesn't matter. Like I think 
in the film and people who kind of watch it and kind of review it and, and sort of talk about it, they was like, oh, is he the real person? Is it a clone? Like, oh my God. And I, I personally don't think that's a big, a big issue or a big, a big plot point. I feel like that was just kind of like, it doesn't really matter if he's a clone or not. Cause it's, he's exactly the same person. I think more or less the way that Cronenberg used the clone aspect in this film was more or less like almost a piece of yourself, almost a piece of your identity. I felt like that was more or less like what he was trying to use the clones as like the part where he sees himself dying and getting killed. It triggered this weird aspect of him uh, where he sort of saw himself die or saw a piece of him die or some sort of like identity within him die. And that's where it sort of turned the switch. And along with that too, Mia Goth and all those little homies, they all like used his (laughs) clone to sort of humiliate him almost and sort of joke with him. And the fact that like he beats himself up, pisses on himself and like spits on himself that again turned another switch in his head where he kind of like realized like oh shit i shouldn't be doing this i shouldn't be like kind of like pissing on my own self pissing on my own on my own identity and how i feel about myself or my own self-esteem in that manner like it was just kind of this weird device to to talk about the identity of james and what he was going through and what he felt when he saw himself go through pain humiliation um and and all that dirt he was going through and then at the end it became something of a fight or flight sort of like it's rather him or him it's rather me or me kind of a fight where he fights himself and ultimately kills himself kills this clone i guess and that sort of sets off another switch in not only james's but the crew's head and and it sort of brings the film together in that point where he really really brutally murders himself after even after he dies after the clone dies it's this bloody gross mess and he sort of looks at himself and looks at what he's done and, and it sort of creates this shift and and a shift in the film and, and a shift in what he thinks and what he wants to do next and what he wants to do out of Latoka and all that it creates this other other identity apart from it, it being an, ind- an individual of itself it's a piece of James and I think that's why like it doesn't really matter if it was the real James or not at the end that's why it doesn't really matter if like the real James is dead or if the James that's alive is the clone it, it like for me it, it didn't have that much impact as regards to like seeing him beat up himself that kind of had more impact on me where i'm like oh shit this feels like like a symbolism or something that like brandon cronenberg is trying to tell and, and trying to connect with the audience like he's killing himself he's killing a piece of him his identity in that manner and that's sort of where we get to our conclusion and our own explanation of the film and how we interpret it which is where like we think or we kind of came to the conclusion that like this movie is about Cronenberg's Brandon Cronenberg's own fight with himself with his writer's block with his insecurities with things he may have problems with it's almost like James is going through this hell and and this purgatory to get through to to get through and try and get an idea or or destroy his self-esteem or what he thinks of himself to get this movie made essentially and that's sort of like where we both kind of got that interpretation and uh and you could continue on and, and explain more of <laughs> what we think of with the with the death of Brandon Cronenberg's clone. <laughs> His clone. Um, yeah, I feel like our aha moment was kind of when Mia Goth like kind of reveals like she never read his book. She like they just like found like they've been stalking him. They've saw him like being pathetic and like wanted to have fun with him the review that she reads out loud is 
just very reminiscent of like a possible like parallel you could like make with like his real life like you know with his film or his initial film I actually have no idea how it was received maybe it was received badly but essentially it was like just bad criticism and then comparisons to you know his like rich father so essentially he was just like humiliated and like reduced to like the most pathetic version of himself and I feel like that's the version that he kills that night like that dog like with the collar um there was just something about that part where I like I kind of like went outside of the movie and like thought to myself like holy shit what if what if I saw the most like the saddest most pathetic version of myself like in real life like personified like into like a double and it's like it's crazy and then like what if it tried to kill me (laughs) like (laughs) like what would I do like what would I do to you like of course he like fights back and he like he fights back in anger and he ends up like brutally like murdering his like pathetic like self and that act like you know with him like I feel like him breastfeeding on like Mia Goth like represented like you know like this rebirth per se of himself he's like forever changed and the vacation's over everyone goes home casually but he stays he stays in like this resort and presumably to like start writing because he's finally like inspired he's finally changed so yeah i i feel like that realization of like what this film could possibly like mean and like what we both kind of got out of it like definitely like up the ante for my opinion of this movie i was like holy shit like this is so cool like this is kind of like a like representation of like what a block looks like this is what it looks like when you fight yourself when you want to like just defeat like do you have to like figuratively like kill yourself in order to like you know be free of your your inhibitions or be free of like those things that were holding you back all these thoughts like went through my head but yeah like what how did you feel about this like interpretation and like do you relate to it in any way and like do you think about this like kind of thing like as an artist yeah i i really love this interpretation because like it really became something of like you really have to get like you really have to be that better better you you know you know like all those like inspirational quotes and all that you need to be a better you you need a better tomorrow whatever whatever <laughs> whatever the saying is i think <laughs> that's sort of like this personified almost in the most uh horrific way where you're killing your most like weakest self and becoming a stronger person through that and not to mention too just how he's in this like almost per it feels like purgatory the movie feels like this purgatory-esque uh, yeah. world and them just constantly doing things that are entertaining them and, and doing whatever they want and just trying to get out of like their own rump and, and have fun in, in their own manner even if it's it isn't even fun it's just something they they could do it becomes a thing of like trying to battle these these rich people that are to- almost torturing you and making you do these things for you to realize what you're going through and realize what what kind of person you're being and how that reflects on you yeah i just love this interpretation and when we started talking about it, I was like, oh shit that's really sick like even though it may not be the explanations it's our own personal explanations how we bought like how we how we interpreted it and how we like felt about it and it was just really fun talking about it and like realizing oh my god brandon cronenberg is like going meta with like his own movie <laughs> um but with that like like you asked like do i ever feel like that i feel like that not that i directly feel like this i just feel i feel it through the motions i don't think i see myself 
as a clone, I see myself going through it. Like, I don't think like when I'm in my lowest points creatively or even mentally, it's something that I'm going through and it's not something that I want to necessarily like kill or destroy. I just want to get through it so I could keep moving on. But at the same time, I understand the metaphor of like, when I'm at my lowest points, I don't want to be there. Like I want to just like get rid of it. I just want to like get to the next part. And I kind of get that where killing your lowest self in that manner. Like I understand how that feels and understand like if that were to be a solution for myself or I could just like kill that sort of negativity or kill that lowest part of my life and just kind of go on to where there even be the midsection or the top, like just out of the lowest part would be nice. And I understand that solution. I never feel like I want to like, I guess like dead it really quickly. I just feel like I need to get through it and I need to like either change something or, or figure out a way to like get myself out of that rut. And it's hard. I, I, I'm kind of going through it at the moment. I'm not really sure. I'm that's a different episode. <laughs> but at the, like, <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Sorry, I asked. <laughs> I'm like in the middle of it. I'm trying to figure out what's happening. But I don't know. I never really think of it like that. Of course I want the situation to end as soon as possible and, and get through it. But I think at the same time when I'm in my lowest points, that's where I could step back and figure out what's going on. What's what am I doing wrong? What pathway should I take? And if that's the symbolism of like killing my lowest self, then that's kind of where I, I am. And maybe maybe it is still kind of directly connected to the film where James is going through the motions in his like own little purgatory, doing all these things to figure out what's wrong or figure out a, a way to feel something. I kind of understood that. I kind of understood like that section of the film and how James could connect with me as regards to like when I'm at my lowest points or my lowest, my biggest creative blocks or whatever. I understand where you're kind of like facing the mirror because the only person that obviously could get yourself out of it is yourself and not to mention that too even with creating and, and you create um when you have blocks as an artist as a creator whatever that's also something that's on yourself again like you need to find something that inspires you motivates you or just do something and, and do something and hope that like something lands in that case so that's what that's why like i like this explanation so much because it it's almost relatable in a sense where like you need to like figure out your own self before you could sort of get through that block and through that way of like not creating or, or not feeling like yourself or not even like being artistically inspired or motivated. And that goes for life in general too. I think people could go through these motions and, and be stuck and they, they could, they're the only ones essentially that could get them out of it, but also they could also get help from that. You know, it's that up to them to get that help and get that, you know, solution and, regardless if it's by yourself or not it's still something that's internal i think in my opinion but yeah how do you feel about that carmela how do you feel about the idea of like sort of trying to kill or trying to speed up the process of being in that slump or being in that lowest point how do you feel about like james's process if you want to compare it to james <laughs> or my process or any like emotion that when you have that for sort of block or lowest point how do you sort of deal with it that is a great question. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I was trying to imagine like what would my creative block purgatory look like. Like what what would live in it? I don't know. Like I feel like when I have a block, it's it's more so like like I don't have direction. It's not like I don't know. I don't know how to like draw. Or I don't know how to like design. It's more so like 
a choice of like where do I go from here kind of thing I guess I if I were to visualize it it'd be like driving it'd be like, like I'd be on like a road trip and the map is just like fucking blank I'm like where am I going like Damn, I have no idea that's scary as hell you don't got like maps on your phone or what you don't got Siri to not I have no phone on. I have no phone. I have like a full tank of gas and like, I'm just like, I'm just like, okay, I'm ready to go. And it's like, okay, where am I going? I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I guess it's like, yeah, more so a feeling of like being lost or something like that. But I feel like, you know, as designers, like I definitely like get inspiration, like from seeing other like designers work or like other like types of art and like illustration film, like very like, like, purely like visual like things medium um music too music is inspiring but in terms of like reflecting like that inspiration it's definitely like visuals that help a lot with like the input and the output which is what made me think about how hard writing is i'm like damn you can't just like read a book and be like oh I'm inspired by this word. Like, yeah, you can be inspired, but it's not like you can copy it word for word or anything. So it's just like, to me, I'm like, it blows, it blows my mind because it's like such a different process, which I like cannot fully comprehend, which is probably why James or Brandon, like his process is like so extremely like out there and violence. Like, I got to kill myself. Like, I got to like kill my inner de- or join my demons and like kill myself. Um yeah it's it's wild like how these different that how different that process can be for um that type of artist yeah i don't know it's wild anyways what does your purgatory <laughs> look like i want to hear about i want to hear about it so is yours more or less like a, a road trip with yourself you like you know yeah, yeah you kind of yeah. go along like, ah, where should we go i don't know we should just keep driving that's interesting that's interesting damn what's my pur- that's such a deep question i don't even know that's- <laughs> creative creative purgatory what's don't not like live or like <laughs> oh my like as in like creatively or like <laughs> like if yeah, i were to I guess, die like, right now would i be in no, no 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 like i guess like i was like describing like the feeling i get when i'm like i have a block which is like feeling like lost or like directionless mm. so i was that's how i kind of came to like like driving without a map kind of thing oh, visual. okay so that um, ro- the road trip of endless doom is your purgatory exactly yeah okay okay <laughs> damn what is my damn how do you feel um, when you have a block? Tell us, tell everyone how you feel about having a block. <laughs> tell everyone about your purgatory. What's your greatest fear? <laughs> what's your deepest fear? I know. What are you scared of? <laughs> I think in my head, I don't know if this is actually what it like, what it feels, or actually what I picture it as, but it feels like being in a waiting room. Like actual, it actually feels like purgatory. Ooh. It's like being in a waiting room. <laughs> Okay, and waiting okay. for something to happen essentially i i like i feel like there's oh. a little visual aspect to this where i could explain it in a non i feel like it's kind of cliche having a waiting room um no it's cool it's cool yeah it's essentially that like a waiting room in which like i'm waiting for something to happen i'm waiting for something to like jump out at me f- whether it's positive or negative and create a scenario in which i could do something about it and, and create a solution for myself whether it's being creative or just having moments to myself where i could just kind of sit relax and meditate or or figure out what's going on in my life and which making me feel like i'm in this waiting room it kind of oh it kind of feels like (laughs) another cliche comparison but it feels like uh you know (laughs) you know in the last harry potter where he's in that like white train station (laughs) 
That's so specific. <laughs> it's a little cliche. Wait, I know it's already been done. You mean, wait, that's... That was like the like in that was like literally purgatory. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But in retrospect, like that idea, Harry is in that area waiting for a train or waiting for something to happen, and that's sort of like creatively in my head and what I feel like. That's sort of like the same thing where I'm just sitting there and like, well, what's gonna happen next, or what am I gonna do to get myself out of this kind of a thing. Um, mm, okay. I know there's probably a better visual. I know all these are like very used up, cliche, whatever. But that's sort of no, like, oh, it's okay. As of now, <laughs> that's how it feels, you know. And I find, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I look under the bench and I find a shriveling Voldemort. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Your other self. Your uh, evil self. Yeah, my evil Shriveled self. Up. My noseless <laughs> self. And it's funny we talk about you know like the deaths of our weakest self or deaths of like our blocks or creative blocks stuff like that because. You had a very good letterbox review caption, which sort of oh. sums up how this sort of whole thing feels. You wanna you wanna read that off? You wanna tell us what it is and like what what it kind of means as a grad's like how it connects to the film and how it connects to someone who's unmotivated or or any case of that matter. Um, I don't know. I mean, like these are like this was just like a scribbling stream of consciousness more so and the explanation i actually gave to you in the parking lot of like what death of the author meant was actually very wrong (laughs) i think it was like someone i think i had like heard someone like define it and i completely reinterpreted it in a different (laughs) way so i'm just gonna read you the exact we're all just like oh shit that's what it means uh death of the author (laughs) it's it's totally wrong it's It's completely wrong. Basically, death of the author is a phrase, and it means the inability to create, produce, or discover any text or idea. So effectively, a creative block. So that means the author is unable to create or decide the meaning of their work, and that responsibility basically falls onto the observer of the work or or the consumer of the artwork. So, death of the author <laughs> literally means, for this film, because James himself is an author, literally, I see it as, like, killing himself to, like, achieve this, like, creative purity. And, like, if you remove... If you're removing, like, the meaning or the motive of the artist towards like their creation what makes art art you know and like this is something i think about in museums too and like you know when you walk up to you know you're at like the lacma and you walk up to some like piece from like the renaissance era and it has all of these you know it has such like large historical context there's all of these like innovations that went behind this this these mathematical innovations that go behind like this piece right but if what if you removed all of that and you just looked at it objectively what does that piece even mean anymore and what it means is like whatever you basically input into it you like the person looking at it and i guess like this thing that's like happening is basically like you know you and the art is it's an effectively a mirror like you're basically reflecting like whatever like you're feeling and your thoughts are like towards this piece and it's reflecting back at you and what do we see in a mirror 
we see ourselves and so that's <laughs> damn crazy the art is ourselves the art is doppelganger the art is james whoa <laughs> the art is james it's brendan <laughs> i see <Damn>. you brendan <laughs> wow. wow what a heavy uh heavy subject matter damn because wow that that was big it, brain for me. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh shit! Like, <laughs> You're typing it. You're like, oh yeah, this is gonna, this is gonna hit. This is it. I was going into a flow. I was like, oh fuck! Like, this is crazy. Boom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you wrote boom on the outline. <laughs> Congratulations. I know. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> no, but I, I think that's a really good point. I I love that. First of all, you said death the author the wrong meaning to us in the parking garage, <laughs> but it still is relevant into which um what we're talking about in the film and what um we sort of got from the meaning of this film and yeah it's interesting because like when it comes to galleries and arts and stuff like that we always put so much credit and effort into what medium did they use how complicated it was who made it how long ago that was and all that like all that sort of like variables that come into one painting for some people and for a lot of people too, some painting could be just some painting. Like a lot of people that go to galleries sometimes don't give a shit about like what's the painting. They just kind of like are there to be there for whatever reason, whether they want to be like, they want to feel like something from the art piece or something from just seeing different things and just seeing different art pieces and, and maybe feeling something differently and, and sort of experience the culture in that way. But a lot of people honestly don't really care about like the the art sometimes. You just see people kind of like walk through it and like, oh yeah, take a picture, beep, and all that, which is fine. Obviously, like we live in a, a an age of social media and all that. But at the same time too, when it comes to this sort of like the purpose of the artwork, the purpose of why this artist made it, it becomes a whole different meeting. And I think a lot of people kind of skim over that, um, which I totally understand because a lot of people's attention span, including myself, are very short and like kind of just don't want to like read everything we see and i totally understand that but f to your point of like going to an art piece looking at it and it could be the most complex hardest beautifulest art piece made by Leon Leon leonardo dicaprio leonardo da vinci <laughs> pablo picasso like you know barbara like it could be this art piece made by so many people but at the end of the day the only person that would see it and even care or have some sort of meaning to it is ourselves how do we feel about that art piece how does it make us feel and what does that reflection show us as observer slash consumer and how do we interpret it which is so fascinating because i think this particular topic death of the author and what we're talking about is like something that we felt in this film where we feel this sort of like connection with um, Brandon Cronenberg of having to go through this purgatory fighting his demons fighting himself and and killing his weakest self to get through his block and get through what he wants to say it's interesting how it like kind of connects and even even if you did say the death of the author meaning wrong like it, it still is very relevant um <laughs> and it's just so fascinating because especially when it comes to like film artworks whatever you whatever we consume that's essentially what everything is how we interprets it how we feel about it and in any case if we feel a certain way about it what does that say about us and how does that commentate on us so yeah just a fascinating topic because when you said that in the the in the parking garage everyone's like oh shit bars that's crazy <laughs> put that on the letterbox now put that on now that's so good 
and I still think it is good because I think it's still relative to to what we're talking about, and it's it's so relatable in the sense of how we even interpreted it, like even us, and it's just a perfect like tie-in for the film. But yeah, with that, Carmela. Speaking of doubles and doppelgangers, how would you react in James's situation, seeing yourself killed, essentially having a free pass to do whatever you want, and if we're living outside of the film, if you had a clone, what would you use it for? Uh, let me go in order. How would I react if I saw myself get killed? I would probably be freak the fuck out. I'd probably like scream and cry. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I'm for sure trauma would happen. I don't know. Like, other than like fear and sadness, I'd probably throw up, honestly. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's like probably one of the scariest things I could witness in my life. Yeah, it's so weird about like that idea of it. And I'm so fascinated he put it on screen and, and seeing James's reaction too is just so interesting. It's so like what actually happened and like how would. How does he actually feel? Because we don't know. We don't like. He has this very vague look on his face, except for that like last grin at the end. So we don't even know how he felt at the end of it. Like we don't even know he how looked, he felt about like himself getting killed. He looked excited. To me, he looked excited. Like, like it unlocked something in him, and he was like, "Oh shit!" Like you didn't get like excitement out of like his facial expression. I did see something sinister. Maybe it is excitement. Maybe it is happiness, of some sort. But it—that's again a part of the movie where something switched in his head, where he became a different person and became someone that, like, essentially we didn't even see uh, it throughout like the beginning of the film. And all of a sudden, once that switch turns, it becomes something <clears throat> so different. In the case of that, like, he looked excited. He looked different. He looked changed, a hundred percent. So it's just interesting to like even think about it. Because for me, if I were to see myself killed, I don't know how to react. I'd definitely be traumatized and honestly just probably very confused and very, very confused <laughs> to the point where like I'm questioning my own existence or like whatever. It beca- it would become something that like would haunt me for sure for the rest of my life because I could not not ever think about that and think about like how I would go, how would that feel. And like, I guess too, in that case too, it, if it was really me, if I was really josh Dicho, you know like i would have that moment of who was real who was fake and what can i trust what can i do what what happens next what happens after that because i feel like for a lot of people seeing yourself get killed is a very big thing like monumental to put someone's life where they may not even come back from that and where they might not even like think That's about true. you know like they want to they might not even like think about like going back to regular life in that matter which kind of happened in james's situation but yeah it's a it's a heavy thing to see and a heavy thing to think about honestly Man, yeah. The confusion, I didn't even get to the confusion of like, and and like thinking about like your own identity. I didn't even get to that part because I'm like, yeah, I'd be fucking scared. Like, I'd be <laughs> throwing I'd up. Just throw, I, I would just throw up. And then what happens after? Yeah, I'd probably be fucking yeah. confused. Because at that point, too, um, I think anyone would kind of even question existence in general, where we're in this section of like watching someone die that's ourselves. And it'd be so confusing. It'd be so weird. Do you think you'd be like, you'd, you'd end up like James and you think you're like better. You're like the king of the world kind of thing. Because you <laughs> king, get this rush. You're king like, James? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, like that's the thing. Like now that I'm thinking about it too, I understand where he, he, where that switch turns because it's something that like he becomes the superior one because he's alive or he becomes so 
ignored or like so like nonchalant about death that he becomes something that like is so careless and f- and ignorant in this in the way that he like acted afterwards like all those actions and, and events was something that he he himself would never do personally i think james's character would never do but he does all these crazy things because he feels that power and he feels that like presence to do whatever he wants which is is really fascinating you literally just made me realize why he felt that way and it was because they essentially were immortal like you'd be you'd you'd die and be born like over and over again and it wouldn't matter and you're immortal and you can do whatever you want like purgatory oh (laughs) no what's under the train what's under the bench is it Voldemort (laughs) is it Voldemort if I realize that, if I lived in that world and realized that, I I would go through a series of like reactions of like fear, and then I realize, oh shit, I'm immortal. I gotta think about this now. <laughs> like, you know, I gotta grapple <laughs> I gotta with ponder this reality. About this one. <laughs> I gotta grapple with this reality, and then I feel like I get reach a point of like feeling that rush of like, oh shit, I can do anything. I don't know if I'd do everything that they did. That was pretty evil. But I I think there'd be definitely a huge sense of freedom in that. And I, I, yeah, I totally get it. I get that reaction. (laughs) Do you think you could go ballistic like they did, essentially? Like, gave into their primal needs and fears and whatnot? I don't know, cause like I like in retrospect and thinking about it now, like the person I am right now, I would say no. But at the same time, going you would change. You yeah, would exactly. You'd yeah. be a changed person. You would have a outlook on another different outlook on life, even if it, it would be positive or negative. You would think about like how much almost life like is simultaneously precious and not precious, like and not meaningless. Precious. Yeah, yeah, meaningless, hundred yeah. percent. So you would go through the motions of like, well, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. And I think that's sort of what happens with James. And if I was in that position, I feel like I would do the same. I honestly would feel like I would do anything I want. I don't know if I'd be brazen enough to like kill people or bra people, but <laughs> pretty much brazen enough to do whatever I want in the sense of like this life is precious and meaningless at the same time. And and realizing that because of how I got killed and being the, having the ability to be replicated over and over, it feels like I'm... I'm on top of the world. I could do anything I want. And, you know, just do all that. But I don't know if I'd be too, I don't know if he's crazy enough to like kill people or like steal from people. Cause I feel like that's kind of fucked up. I'm still, that's still I, I like to be, I'm still a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> a nice immortal guy. Um, okay. If I had a clone, is this like assuming I'm in control of my clone or are we two different like people with our own like motivations? Are we friends? Like, what's the situation that's really funny because i didn't really i didn't really think about like them being sentient where they're like oh my god i'm a human being looks like you <laughs> let's just say i'll say they're sentient they're just like a little clone of us um we haven't developed a relationship or a friendship or anything like that it's just like they're there how do you feel about that situation okay how do i feel about that situation okay i mean knowing myself i'd probably try to like logically like figure out why this is happening i'd be like what the fuck like how are you here who's and then i'd be like who's real and then we'd probably be like it doesn't matter we're both real and then i think we'd probably i I was talking to shay about this 
are kind of about this on the ride home from this movie and i told him like you know what i think we'd be like acquaintances that would grab lunch once a year and catch up and see how each other once a doing. year you'd, so you'd <laughs> kick them out like get out of here don't live in california if i see your face again i'll no. kill you <laughs> <laughs> no god i feel like we'd both agree to lead different lives and then like catch up as like friends and be like oh like how's it going like what are you up to like no nah, what are you up to like <laughs> We're like what's going on with you like and then like i could ask myself or that the doppelganger or whatever like we could ask each other like advice for how to deal with things and like i don't know like i feel like it'd just be like kind of a therapeutic session therapeutic catch-up of like what what we're both doing because i feel like they'd take a different path obviously it'd be like oh like you ended up doing what like what did you study i don't know It'd be like a distant but close relationship. That's so funny. I like how yours is like, it's just another homie. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that looks like you, has to use your ID, your credit card, your debit card. If I had a clone, I don't know. I definitely would want it to be acquainted, like we be homies or whatever. Um, like best friends or like- I'm not sure. Just friends. Probably f- just friends. I don't know okay. if I want this person to like go away. I definitely want to use him to be like, can you go to this for me? I don't want to go to the, can you go to the, <laughs> oh I don't know. You, you wouldn't share the same. <laughs> Is that what he said? <laughs> want to, yeah. He wants to use his, cl- he's like, yeah, I'd ask, we could ask each other for favors. Like, Hey, I don't want to do this. Can you do this? <laughs> like, that's funny. I'm telling you, that'd be sick. I in and re- like thinking about it, like one of us could go to work. The other one could run errands and switch off, you know? Someone get Monday, like, why would... Friday, Tuesday, Thursday. <laughs> okay, you know? so you it's know? fair. It's yeah, fair. exactly, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I think I take. <laughs> I'm very much in, taking an advantage of like being at two places at once, kind of thing. I would really want to like hone that in and take advantage of it, where I could do whatever I need to do, run whatever ends I want to run, and be cool with it. And we be cool with it. We like understand each other. We get so much done, you know. Me, Josh, and Josh, you know, easy. Josh and Josh. So you'd use your clone to live one life, and I'd use my clone to live two lives. Exactly. It's out. So it sounds like you're. Sounds like you just don't want to deal with it. You're just like, get out of here. We'll be back here a year well, later. There, there's nothing to deal with. <laughs> We're our own there's person. <laughs> Life's boring. What do you mean? <laughs> Life's boring. Make a double. <laughs> And I guess with that, we go to the last part of the episode, which is, which is probably going to be kind of confusing to you, which is the rewriter's <laughs> corner. Carmela, is there anything you want to change, see, add, or subtract from the movie Infinity Pool? My only wish was for Cleopatra Coleman to have a bigger role in this movie. I think that was the only thing that I was like, oh, so it didn't, she just goes away in the first half? Like, that kind of sucks. I don't know. Um, they didn't really, she wasn't really set up to be anyone like huge, but also I kind of was interested to see how she might have played into this equation with like, as the movie went on to, especially like how she was like basically funding everything. So I'm like, what if she took that away? Like, what would happen? You know, like what consequences would like occur? But that's it. That's pretty much it. But yeah, how do, how do you feel about that? That's a good point because I did like her character as well, and I think 
she was a very important part for James living there. Like, what if she just stopped paying for it? I was thinking that too. Like, what if he couldn't afford a clone anymore? What would he do? And those sort of scenarios. I also wanted to see like more twin action. Like, I feel like mm. there could have been another storyline in which he like has this twin and, and does different things in regards to like going through the island or even like going through certain uh, processes of his life or something like that. I wish there's more like self-reflection for james and more twin reflection too of like trying to figure out how he actually felt about this whole process and how he like i don't know how it how we like how we talked about like us being killed or death of the author those kind of aspects of like oh i killed myself now i could be a better person or i killed myself i could be a worse person i wish there was more i guess lore with the twins and it'd be cool too to be like and to figure out how like that works out how that happens how like a pre like a the backstory of like how that even came to be for this island i think for the story itself i think it is really good it's really fine um and i couldn't think of anything to rewrite it because obviously it's a story that like we perceive as his own like process of going through a writer's block but yeah i don't know i this road is actually like really fascinating where i want to see a lot more i want to see like the technical side of it which is weird even if it isn't like interesting for the most part but like I don't know. There's so many things that raise questions apart from this one guy going through it. And I, I want to know like all these other things that could affect one's life in this or, or even like how it even came to be. Cause obviously like it's a, it's a, it's a world that's so complex where the people of the Island are so restricted, but the people that visit the Island are so like gung ho about letting them do things or do whatever they want. I don't know. I just think it's fascinating. And I, I like, I think I just want to see more or less, or I just want to see more of like, this universe and how it came to Brandon Cronenberg's mind and how that sort of goes through the characters and James head and all that. It's just, it's just really interesting. And I think the story too could have had sprinkled more, like more interesting aspects of it that like could entice the viewer more and then, and, and entertain the uh, audience more. But yeah, with saying that, that has been our episode on the infinity pool. Thank you all for listening. My name is Josh Landicho, the real Josh Landicho, and you can follow me on Instagram <laughs> at the Space Wolf. And I'm Carmela. You can follow me at Cat Malau. And you can follow the one and only Watch with Sound on Instagram at Watch with Sound, <laughs> along with listening to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, and Anchor. And if any of those apps have the option to like, comment, subscribe, retweet, repost, comment, whatever that may be, especially on social media, that helps us that helps us a lot as well and just having the algorithm you know the algorithm blah 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 you know go to our page that helps a lot um and for the people that do that already we see you thank you and we appreciate you we also have a program on anger car listener supporter which says you subscribe any dollar amount only for able to of course but that helps us a lot as well and with that thank you for listening everybody and keep on watching for your clones your doppelgangers they're out there they're ruining your life (laughs) meet them up for brunch i guess carmella (laughs) yeah let's go